you know, we ought to see if it's really true that no one can tell any of us apart. I said, yeah, that would be fun. What are you proposing? She grabbed the name tag off of my dress, handed me hers and said, let's see how well they do. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at KathySullivanExplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to kathysullivanexplorers.com. I was one of the first six women to join NASA's astronaut corps. That fact usually gets me barraged with questions about what it was like to join such a male-dominated environment. What kind of teasing or harassment or joshing or skepticism about my abilities came my way? There were bits of that, certainly. Not as much as you might think, actually, but there was some. And that wasn't any kind of surprise. I'd encountered some similar reactions as I moved my way into field geology and then out to sea as an oceanographer. So I was quite used to people, men, discounting me or wondering why I was there or chafing at the fact that I was there. What surprised me when we arrived at NASA, six women in our class, was that no one could tell the six of us apart, it seemed. We're not all the same height. Five of us were brunette, that's true, one blonde. But it would shock me every time I'd be walking across the campus and some engineer I didn't know would come up to me and launch into some topic, some discussion that I knew nothing about and didn't recognize, wasn't placing why this man is standing in front of me, going on about whatever the subject was. But at some point, he might mention the RMS, the shuttle's robotic arm, or something about the spacesuit. And in that first year, I would then recognize, ah, he thinks he's talking to Sally, or ah, he thinks he's talking to Anna because Sally was working on the robotic arm and Anna was working on spacesuits at the time. So when that clue dropped, I would put my finger up in front of my face to signal a pause and I would say, ah, you want to be talking to Anna. I'll let her know you're after her. And you could see his cognitive dissonance processing through his eyes would blink a little bit as he slowly realized he'd made that bit of a mistake. And then, of course, he'd apologize and shuffle away with great embarrassment. We all had that happen to us a number of times and it became quite the joke amongst us. But then we were down one time at the Kennedy Space Center, the whole class together. This was on our first round of visits to each of the different NASA centers. The trips were partly to introduce us to the different parts of NASA and help us learn what every one of the centers does. They were, of course, also to trot the shiny new toy class of astronauts around, a bit of golly gee whiz. Everybody in NASA loves to have astronauts around. Some good PR for the center, some outreach and excitement in the community. All of those factors were always in play. Kennedy Space Center during our trip one evening was set aside for a lavish reception 
at the home of newspaper publisher Al Newharth. Al had quite the residential compound just a couple miles south of the Space Center. Lush gardens, swimming pool, tennis courts, very large, elaborate home. And he had invited the who's who of the Space Coast business and political worlds to come to his house that evening and meet these brand new astronauts. Well, we're queued up to go inside his front door. He and his wife are waiting just inside to shake hands with each of us as we arrive and say hello, classic receiving line. And I'm three or four steps from the front porch when I see Sally hopping down the stairs, going the opposite direction, as if she thinks she's going to bug out on this event. I snagged her by the arm, stuffed her back in line in front of me and said, if I have to do this, you have to do this. You're not going to escape. And then I noticed this glint in her eye, which I came pretty swiftly to realize was the signal that she had landed on a really amusing, slightly nefarious idea, a plot. And her plot this time was, you know, we ought to see if it's really true that no one can tell any of us apart. I said, yeah, that would be fun. What are you proposing? She grabbed the name tag off of my dress, handed me hers and said, let's see how well they do. So in we go to start in the receiving line. And as it happened, I went in first and said hello to Mrs. Newharth as Sally Ride. Got a very warm welcome and then stepped one step to my left to greet Mr. Newharth. Al grabs my right hand in both of his, pulls me close into him and leans in with a competitive gleam in his eye and says, oh, Sally Ride, boy, I'd like to get you out on those tennis courts. Al was an avid tennis player, and Sally, of course, had played national-level junior tennis. So he just wanted to see if she was really that good, and I'm sure he hoped he would cop the bragging rights of having beaten astronaut Sally Ride on the court. That was pretty funny, but what was even better is just as that's happening, I hear Mrs. Newharth say to Sally, who's pretending to be me, Oh, Kathy Sullivan, it is so nice to meet you. I recognize you from your pictures. Well, we managed to keep it together, the two of us, and not collapse right in front of them. I had a good laugh once we got off to the side and decided to keep this up for a while. So we milled about that party, signing autographs and chatting with people, each still in the other identity, until it became clear that since we hadn't told any of our classmates about this, if one of them was asked... I haven't gotten Kathy Sullivan's autograph yet. They were actually pointing them to me, not to Sally. And so our little scheme pretty quickly began to break down. We caught each other in the middle of the room, swapped our name tags back, and went back to our normal identities. The final fun punchline of this was, I don't know, there were 10 or 12 people probably in that room that had gotten an autograph from one of us and was now looking for the autograph, an autograph from the other one. The really fun punchline of the evening for me was when I realized people were coming up to me looking for my autograph. They knew they hadn't seen me in person, but they already had a Kathy Sullivan autograph on their page because they had already encountered Sally when she was pretending to be me. And so I had this awkward moment of deciding whether I stand there with my name tag, Kathy Sullivan, and sign Sally Ride, or I quickly sign a second Kathy Sullivan signature and then quickly take myself away from them as fast as I can. Somewhere around the Florida Space Coast, there are probably a dozen or two signed sheets of paper that have two Kathy Sullivans or two Sally Rides on them. And I'm sure the people that own them have not any real clue quite how that happened. But I bet they would go for a lot on eBay, don't you think? 
Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplores.com.